welcome everyone to Rock M Radio. This is the beginning of a brand new uh, episode of Dive Cuts. Um, we're six seasons in, uh, episode 35 now. Uh, of course, here to talk all about your Missouri Tigers. I am your host, Sam Stelling. If you are watching this on YouTube, um, I am the, the glowing face uh, on the left-hand side of the screen. Um Next to me on the right side of the screen is our good friend, uh, Data Mizzou, a.k.a. Matt Watkins. Uh, let's talk about these Missouri Tigers. Matt, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Well, uh, it is May 23rd. We are but like a week away from, you know, the uh, the NBA draft withdrawal Um just saw across my Twitter feed tonight that Michi Johnson, uh, the South Carolina guard, has withdrawn from the NBA draft. And and so in today's news, I learned that Michi Johnson had put himself in uh, to the NBA draft. Um, yeah, so there's not a lot of uh, news over the past week um, as far as Missouri is concerned. The biggest news... Um, revolves around Caleb Love and the situation at Michigan, which uh, I guess, according to reports, uh, he did not gain admission uh, to Michigan, and he is uh, thus back on the market. Um, he had a very sort of public uh, recruitment right after entering the transfer portal. Missouri had seemingly been the destination before Michigan came in hot. Uh, the Wolverines got the commitment. Um, Missouri then proceeded to take like a whole lot of guards. Um, their guard depth uh, on this roster is not what I would consider a concern at this point. Um, so, well, let's just start here, Watkins. When when Caleb Love's name sort of like popped back into our 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 Twitter feed and the, and the news cycle. What was like your first reaction to it? Um, does fatigue count? <laughs> um, you know, I, Caleb loves, we, we talked about him a month back and don't need to rehash all that. But I mean, Mizzou recruited him for a solid two years out of high school. I think after his first year at North Carolina, there was some rumors floating around that he may want to transfer back to Missouri and, you know, whether Kanza Martin, whether that was going to work, blah, 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 did materialize. Then after his second year was the year that they want, went to the uh, Final Four and championship game when they should have won but did not. Um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot. Yeah, I think it got expunged. Yeah, it was very foggy what happened. But, uh, you know, there wasn't much on him after that, at least as it pertained to Mizzou. And then, of course, this year, the initial foray into the portal where Mizzou was involved, to what extent we're not 100% sure, but it seemed like pretty significantly. And then, once again, he's back. And that, you know, I think, I don't know that I've ever been involved with a um, player, observed a player get recruited four times by the same school under two different coaches, multiple times by each you know, it's, he's a good player. And I think, you know, Missouri does have a lot of guards and the, the minutes would be tight, but he does offer something that 
a lot of the other guards on our team don't have, but Isaiah Mosley does. Um, and that's being a volume score. Um, Mosley has proven to be much more efficient at it than Caleb Love, but they both hoist a lot of shots. Um, so, you know, I guess in the on the one hand, I'm a little surprised that they haven't kicked the tires again, but on the other hand, I think it also might speak well um, about the chances of Mosley returning. We've heard, obviously, good things about that, and we've been pretty confident in our um, stance all along that he's going to have every opportunity to be a member of next year's team. But I think at least maybe it's my unfounded hope that not throwing your hat in the ring, uh, I guess, a second time this spring and a fourth time overall, that, you know, s- some things may have solidified there. But that that's speculation on my part. But other than that, I, you know, there was humor about whether he visited last week. Aside from that, that's the extent of the thought that I've given Caleb Love the fourth. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think the situation... Um... You know, it, it's one of those things, and I, you know, I wrote wrote about this in our pour over, where, you know, I, I I do think that, you know, if if Caleb comes to you and says, like, I'm ready to shut this down, uh, I just want to be at Mizzou, and that's what he says, then, okay, great, you know what I mean. But I don't I don't think like there was any reason for Missouri and its coaching staff to seek him out. Um, you know, if, if you want to have dinner with them, uh, if you want to, you know, illegally show up uh, <laughs> the country club of Missouri and, and have dinner, um, you know, like by all means, like have conversations, but I don't think there was any reason for Missouri to, to, you know, be active in a way that, uh, you know, say like Texas or Arizona and Villanova, uh, one of these other schools that have been reported uh, to have been interested in, in Caleb when he re-entered the portal. Um, you know, and so like, you know, those teams have to sort of recreate a relationship with Caleb Love. Missouri doesn't need to do that. Like Caleb knows all he needs to know about Mizzou. He's turned them down multiple times. So he like there's obviously something that's been hesitant, uh, you know, on, on his end, whether it's, you know, not enough, at least in, in you know, recent times, not enough NIL, you know, available for him or or he sees a better system fit elsewhere. Um, but for whatever reason, he's chosen or he chose Michigan. Um you know, I I, I think there's like there's a lot of scenarios where it makes sense that if he does want to come to Mizzou, then you say, okay, yeah, like let's, let's bring you in. And then you, you figure out how to make all these guys play together. And then certainly I think we've already kind of, you know, we joked about all five guards uh, on the floor. Uh, and it's certainly a possibility when you go to a lineup, uh, you know, where you're, you've got two point guards, you know, like three combo guards and like five wings, um, you know, and all those guys are coming in expecting to play like, uh, you know, and that doesn't even bring them, um, you know, Ant Robinson, who I, you know, I, I'm sure would like to come in and play as well. Um, I just, I think everybody sort of around the program probably sees that as like a next year as a growth year for, for Ant. But 
when you're talking about Nick Honor, you're talking about Sean East, you're talking about Isaiah Mosley, John Tanji, uh, you know, Caleb Grill, um, Tamar Bates, uh, <laughs> like there are a lot of guys that are going to want to play. And, and so if you're, if you're looking at, you know, what sort of role is available for, for Caleb, like, I think you could figure it out, but this is like, that's why I just think like at this point, what Missouri needs to do is they need to have, you know, NIL money available for whatever replacement big they can get. And then like worry about what, what Caleb wants to do second. Like I wouldn't even engage in like any of those discussions with him. Like, if you come here, you come here. Like the NIL, NIL will take care of itself. It will. But uh, what we're doing is is we've got our our group of guards and and we like who we have. So they need a big. They don't need a volume uh, scoring guard at this point. Um, you know whether or not he could actually, uh, you know, play the right role um, under Dennis Gates or not. I mean, you you mentioned Tamar Bates and John Tanjay with our current lineup. I mean, those guys could be the starting center this year as it's currently constructed. <laughs> so there would actually be quite a bit of playing time to go around. <laughs> that sounds uh, that sounds intriguing. A six a six four center, you say? Is this? Uh, uh, I mean, I certainly envision like as it is, we're we're going to get a healthy dose of six six Noah Carter at the five. Um, you know, so I don't see a huge, huge difference. Carter, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't see a huge <laughs> difference between you know Noah Carter. Well, the, you know, Noah's also got some some you know added hair on top that maybe helps uh you know bump him up a little bit. Um, but it's not you know it's not a huge difference between you know running a guy like that out and 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 seeing what you can do with uh you know maybe Caleb Grill. I mean, he's 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 a tough dude. Not not afraid to to mix it up in the middle. Um, maybe maybe just see if he can go out there and guard Tolu Smith. Who, by the way, is that, that's that is some news uh, SEC news that came in this week is Tolu is back. So Jimmy Bell uh, left West Virginia, and uh, so because he didn't want to play behind Jesse Edwards, the Syracuse transfer, and there's all these minutes at the five, and he's like, nope. Nope, I want to go to Mississippi State, and Tolu comes back. Like you're not playing in front of Tolu, man. Like Tolu is, is what like you know Jimmy Bell kind of wishes he was. Uh, you know at the the skill level offensively. Um, but anyway, I'm I'm digressing away from our point. Um, uh, so that like that's kind of the situation with Caleb. Um, I you know I if if they there was any communication with Missouri. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know whether that, uh, the report from the lockdown podcast was correct or not. Um, it seems like there was a lot of people out there refuting that it happened, uh, with good reason. I mean, if they're at dinner, uh, off campus, um, CCMO is off campus. Um, you know, that, like that's not a legitimate recruiting setup. Um, and I think we know Dennis Gates is a pretty smart guy, so I doubt he would he would put himself in that position. It doesn't necessarily mean that there wasn't some kind of contact or even any kind of contact on 
on Wednesday. And then there was another thing. I can't remember if I mentioned this in the pour over, uh, or even the, the post before that, but I was kind of thinking, um, you know, timing wise, like, I don't know that we necessarily know whether or not Caleb had exited the transfer portal. Like that's not really something that you can just like look up. Um, so whether or not he was like available to recruit or, or talk to, like, I don't think there was any, like you could contact him or, or be in contact. I, I think like that was all legal, um, or at least legal on Wednesday, if there was any contact made. Um, I don't, so I, I would not be, some, what's that? Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to uh, say, I don't seem to know how, how it all works, but just theoretically, if someone entered the transfer portal and then had to come out by virtue of signing with Michigan or committing to Michigan, whatever vernacular, um, you know, and then they were to leave again, wouldn't they need to re-enter the transfer portal? And isn't the deadline well, closed? You know. Well, so that's the thing is, I, I think you know he he entered the transfer portal uh, and was committed to Michigan, but he never signed with Michigan. Uh, Michigan never announced that he was he was a part of the program. Um, and that's because they were probably trying to get him admitted. Uh, so I imagine if you can't get admitted, um, you know, then what's the point of signing any paperwork? Uh, you know, so I think, I think that's where you kind of get into like the muddy of the waters. And I don't, I don't know if he, like, if you commit and you take yourself out of the portal, I would imagine that you enter the portal, uh, and you're in the portal. Uh, until you sign somewhere and then, you know, maybe your new school takes you out of the portal. Like, I don't, I, I'm assuming because, you know, the, the players have to file paperwork with their school to enter the transfer portal. So, you know, Missouri is the one who actually files the paperwork. So I would imagine that the school he's going to is the school that files the paperwork to remove him from the, from the portal. Like, Makes sense. like that's, that, that's sort of like my rough logical uh, trying to piece this together um yeah so i mean i'm i'm assuming he was probably still in the portal but you know but if you're committed somewhere coaches are probably like oh, i don't you know cross that one off don't worry about that um so yeah like i think that like the timeline was there was there not contact i mean there, there's probably some kind of contact um you know i don't i don't know that it needs to be dinner it could be zoom um you know, but again, like I don't, I think we're we're kind of on the same page. That, you know, I don't think Missouri is in the same position that it was a month ago, where, like, a month ago they really wanted Caleb Love. You know, like he was gonna be able to answer a lot of the questions that they had about the roster. Now they've answered those, you know, questions with other players. Um, so that's where I'm at. Um, I you know. I, I'm, I'm assuming at some point, probably in the next like week or two, Caleb's going to make a decision. I don't think we expect it to be Missouri. I would. Agree I'm, with that. Yeah. I'm ready. Could always dust off that uh, that old commitment piece that I think we had written way back when, 2019. Just scrub it a little bit. Um, yeah, it's been revised multiple times over the years. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like. If something changes, obviously we react to it. But I think at this point, Missouri knows who their guards are going to be. Um, they like who their guards are. The bigger question at this point is the uh, draft withdrawal. So um, 
what is it midnight on the 31st or something like that is is basically like the the deadline to withdraw from the from the draft and uh and so it is we're recording this on tuesday may 23rd we uh, took monday off um i had the day off of work yesterday so i was like like i don't i don't want to record a podcast um and so yeah so we're tuesday so we have we have a week uh basically before we know who is staying in the draft kobe brown uh and who is you know going back to college which could be a lot of guys um at this point all evidence seems to point to kobe staying in the draft for, for anybody listening yeah uh and not watching Matt was nodding his head in agreement. Yeah. It's a sad trombone. Uh, you know, cause Kobe definitely was going to, you know, fill a, a, a big role on a, on the roster next year. And I think for the most part, like Missouri felt for a long time, pretty confident that he was coming back. It doesn't appear that that's going to be the case. Um, who are they going to get? <laughs> well, <clears throat> that's that's probably the million dollar question at this point. Um, I don't know. It's things have been very very quiet the last few weeks. We're in the middle of a dead period now, so there's been no visits this past weekend, unless they were breaking rules. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, we it's kind of a wait and see. Um, you know, I, I guess earlier today. In anticipation of knowing that this might be a topic, I undertook the endeavor of looking at the early entrance list of the NBA draft and immediately regretted my decision when there was something like 250 names on it. Uh, yeah. But uh, I took a look just out of curiosity at uh, guys who were, you know, had some height on their side, say six, seven, six, eight plus, and who were classified as seniors and you know, being an early entrant that by virtue of them makes them eligible to return to school. So I think they have eligibility left, um, you know, to possibly ferret out some grad transfer opportunities or options, I should say. Um, and it was, uh, it was a process, um, you know, a very inconclusive process. Many times you would see announcements of these kids that would say they're going to test the NBA draft waters and they have no chance at getting drafted whatsoever. Um, but they don't say whether they're retaining their college eligibility, which, you know, what point does that even make? If you announce it, you have to do it. Um, so yeah, it was kind of, kind of some guesswork, but, uh, you know, being that the traditional trans transfer portal is closed, and we know who the names are on that list, and we've talked about them, or at least I'm sure Matt Harris has talked about them in various pieces, tweets, what have you. Um, and, and it's it's a pretty narrow list. What's that? I said extensively. You can always uh, count on, on our friend Matt Harris for an extensive uh, list of options. So being that we've kind of beaten that list to the ground, knowing what what options are out there and Mizzou has been quiet about all of them except uh, our transfer from the school to the West, which, you know, doesn't seem altogether promising. Um, you know, I, I took a look at some grad transfers 
hard grad transfer options who could still theoretically enter the portal after withdrawing from the NBA draft and logically follows, perhaps that's what Mizzou's waiting on. We don't know. Um, you know, and I, I came up with something like 20 names and it was a lot of, a lot of crossing guys off for various reasons. And, you know, the, the list isn't super impressive. <laughs> There's some guys on there who would be good. Um, you know, but it's just, and the, the 20 names I should add includes Kobe Brown, which, you know, he is not officially resigned his collegiate career, but, you know, it doesn't seem promising. So, um, but you had mentioned off air to throw out some names. So just to give us something to talk about, I will look them up. Um... I don't want to get any of these names wrong. That's how well I know them. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to your pronunciation on the the kid that went to Memphis. You know, I didn't even write that down. Um, so <laughs> I knew I wouldn't be able to pronounce it. <laughs> so I didn't even write it down. <laughs> um, there was, the to Sam's point, there was a transfer from UT Arlington. Um, and this is last and, year that went to Memphis and Mizzou had at least made preliminary contact and he had a decent season at Memphis played about eight, 10 minutes a game. And he's, he's an athletic freak. Um, hasn't played a whole lot of basketball. Um, Sam, are you going to give me any help with that name? <laughs> are you just going to, I'm, 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 I'm pulling up, uh, I'm trying to kind of get Mia's uh, portal rankings and seeing if I can sort. I, I got it here. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um, but, uh, it's Keo Derichi, Akabundu, Ihogu. I, I'm sorry. That's probably way off, but, uh, that doesn't sound right. Memphis last year. So, uh, <laughs> check it out on the roster. Um, there's about 40 letters in that name. So I apologize if I got it incorrect, but you know, he's the, he's a lot of the types of players that I was coming across that. They've been in school for four years. They're going to go get an evaluation from the NBA. From the NBA, they're probably not going to get drafted. They might go overseas. They might grad transfer. We don't know. Um, but he was one. Another player who was interesting was Jordan Brown, who I believe originally played for um, Muscleman at Nevada, if I'm not mistaken, before transferring to University of Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah, he was, uh, Brown was the former five-star kid, right? He was. I think he started at Arizona, or maybe went to Arizona. I think, yeah, I think he committed there, but ended up backing off or something like that. So that's another name. He did sign with an agent, although I do know that you can sign with an agent and still return if it's a accepted agent or whatever the terminology is, but he didn't seem super... Um, likely to return, in my opinion. Another name was Tyler Burton from Richmond. He's a six-seven player, so we're stretching the use of big man. Yeah, um, a player that we know well, Tumani Kamara at Dayton, who started his career at Georgia, um, has actually played his way into, I would say, a pretty good chance of getting drafted in the second round. So you know, don't know there. Um, we got. Uh, Matt Harris excited when I brought up the name Brandon Carlson from Utah, who is somewhat of a traditional big man, um, seven feet, can 
can step out a little bit, but he's more of a, I hate to throw out terms like this, but he has more skill. Um, he's a skilled big man. <laughs> um, try and land that softly, but he is very good. He's a good player. Um, Enrique Freeman from Akron, a little bit, bit of an undersized big man, but has performed very well in the Mac. Um, <clears throat> Nick Ogenda, am I saying that right? From DePaul, who is very similar to the Memphis um, player, who I hate having to reference back to that since I can't even say his name in the first place. Um, very much a raw offensive player but very athletic, very good rim protector, um, albeit in limited minutes. And then finally, Kevin Cross from Tulane, which when I came across that one, um, immediately perked up my ears when I took a look at his stats. He is a 6'8 senior from Tulane and had a 26% assist rate, which when I think about what Dennis Gates wants out of big men, um, a guy who can pass and dribble, which this player can, immediately parked up my ears. But again, we don't know if he's coming back um, or whatever, but that's a, that's a sampling of what I would consider the more likely decent players that could possibly grant, grab transfer. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're talking about guys that we don't even know are going to transfer or even going to be playing college basketball next year. So um, that's where we're at on this. Yep. Yeah, we brought up uh and in previous podcast jokingly brought up uh Connor Vanover. Um and I say jokingly, you know, not to you know, crack wise on any, any specific players. Uh you know, Connor was a guy who played at Arkansas and had some good moments, but he's very tall. Um but he's not uh I mean, he's not really a guy who showed well uh defending um more athletic players in the sec um i think uh so i'm looking at mia's rankings of guys who are available uh we've got trevin dorius still available from utah state i thought he committed somewhere but he may have committed to utah valley if i remember right but i'm not 100 percent on that all those utah guys sure like staying in utah um, Malcolm Dandridge is, uh, uh, not the Memphis player that we've been referencing, but is a Memphis player who is still available in the transfer portal. Uh, Dandridge is a guy who I don't really think like fits at all what Missouri wants to do. Um, but you know, he's, he's big and physical and can defend. Um, a guy that I thought, you know, I, I know, uh, uh, Matt Harris brought him up. A guy that I thought would kind of fit pretty well was, uh, Ibrahima Diallo, um, mm-hmm. from San Jose state, not a spectacular basketball player, but a solid guy. Um, you know, Tim miles is sort of known, of, you know, finding guys who can fill roles and play well. And he's a guy that did that, uh, for San Jose state. I think he could come in and you just ask him to play, you know, sort of a maximum of like 15 minutes, probably closer to, you know, 10 to 12 and just give you some minutes. Um, it certainly doesn't seem like, uh, a, a drama, uh, Yongu, uh, if, if that's happening. Um, I know yeah, he, that's been a he very quiet the portal. Pursuit. 
Yeah, I mean, he entered the portal, and he was sort of a guy who is like a former four-star guy who uh, sort of flashed and had moments at uh, at Washington State. I know one of your favorite uh, West Coast uh, watches, seeing what's what's going on with the uh, the Cougs. Um, but uh, but definitely, like you know, he's a drama is a guy who. I I get the impression that the staff is a little hesitant to look at at players who have additional years of eligibility because they don't necessarily want to tie up a roster spot, um, you know, on a especially on a guy who probably still needs to develop some. I think they're looking for somebody who can kind of come in, play a year, and uh, and call it that. Uh, Davion Bradford still available. I, f- I thought for sure he was going to land at like uh, at SEMO or something and like come back close to the home. Like he's really close with like Dylan Branson, um, who uh, I don't like people who like really follow recruiting, um, you know, probably know the name Dylan Branson, uh, but Davian Bradford and, and like live with the Bransons for a while. And I think, I think Matt Harris actually wrote about this um, when he did a little, little bit of a piece on Bradford. Um, you know, but, but Bradford's a guy who went to K-State, uh, Mizzou basically punted, uh, while he was trying to make up his mind and took, uh, oh, I just forgot his name. Big, uh, big Jordan Wilmore. (laughs) Um, ah, good times. Good times. Um, but yeah, so they, you know, they punted and, um, and and took Wilmore and and uh and Bradford went to K State and then transferred to uh to Wake Forest. He didn't really play much for Wake Forest. I don't really think he's like a projectable guy who's gonna, you know, really impact uh a whole lot. But I mean he's he's a he's a decent player. Um we are really getting down to like slim pickings in the in the portal though. Yeah, I think, you, uh, you have you have a take on Wilhelm Breidenbach. <laughs> um, that would be a stellar name for the team. <laughs> I would like to write about Wilhelm, but uh, I couldn't tell you who he is or who he plays for. Uh, well, I so he's one of these guys who I I um uh, I remember. I want to say he um. I'm trying to remember the, the the kid that signed at Kentucky and then transferred to Texas and then transferred again. Um, the guard was from California, uh, but I want to say like he played high school like modern day in in the LA area, and uh, and his high school teammate was Wilhelm Breidenbach. Um, who was actually like, he is a four-star player. I was like a low four-star, but he is a four-star player. But I remember the first time I saw this team play and this is in high school, you know, they're all in high school. And this dude had like, you know, the old goggles and, (laughs) and a headband and had this like moppy black hair. I'm just like, that dude is awesome. And he was good. Like, that's like the best part is like, you show up, you look like that. And you're a baller. Like that's the best stuff. So he's he's actually he's like a nice me. little player. Um <laughs> I don't know that the SEC is the right fit for him. Uh, I don't know if Missouri is the right fit, but uh I think you could do a lot worse. Do a lot worse than than Wilhelm Breidenbach. 
uh, currently ranked the 94th best um, transfer, available transfer in the portal. Gas that. It's just, there's not a lot, man. Where does Will no, really play? What? Where's Wilhelm from? What school? Uh, well, yeah, so he, he committed to Nebraska. Ah, okay. Yeah. So this is where, like, eventually, like, we're, you know, we're, I'm going to figure out how to, like, do, like, the, be able to put up pictures and stuff. And this would be a good moment to be like, all right, I'm going to drop in a picture of, of Wilhelm. Um, <laughs> Like he's just, just Google him. Like he's, he's, he's kind of a spectacular specimen. I mean, how could you not be with a name like Wilhelm Reidenbach? Well, if basketball doesn't work out for him, a brewery sure sounds like it'll fit the bill. Oh, he's got a beard now. (laughs) Even better. Uh, so, I, well, we kind of plan on this being a shorter podcast, mainly because there wasn't much to talk about. Um, you did kind of get a few names of guys that you like, um, you know, into the, the stratosphere. Uh, at this point, you know, it really, it's slim pickings in the portal. You are hoping that there's somebody who can can pop into the portal after declaring uh, for the draft. And... Uh, um, Kaudarichi Akabundu Ehiagu Ehiogu. I think that came out pretty similar to how I said it. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I remember uh, it, it's it, it was a lot to type when we first mentioned him in one of the pieces. I mean this this guy is fairly intriguing as a player um you know he's very similar athletically to Aiden Shaw he's probably a little bit better defensively I don't want to go too far on that because he played eight to ten minutes for Memphis um but his offensive game is to be blunt a little lacking um you know and what we've come to find out with Dennis Gates so far is that he likes his big men a little bit more skilled, um, which has come as somewhat of a, I don't want to say a surprise, but it's different than the typical Florida State template that you think of when they had the 7-4 rim-running monsters that stood by the rim and really didn't do much else. Um, That is not really what we're seeing out of this staff at Mizzou. You know, he's he's prizing guys that can dribble, can pass, can shoot. And, you know, in, in college basketball, that's just not a huge market of guys like that that are 6'8 plus that can do those things. And, you know, we've talked before. It's been long enough that I've talked about him before. But even a guy like Jesus Carolero does those things. He's, you know, he's been his level of production is certainly a question at uh, Campbell, but he has those skills that the staff looks for. And when you see them take a chance, they're taking a chance on someone like that versus your seven, one, seven, two monster who can't shoot over 50% from the free throw line. 
Um, you know, and it's it's not good or bad one way or the other. It's just what they've shown to uh, shown to look for, and even what the recruits. I mean, they're bringing their high school recruits. They're bringing in length, but these guys are fairly skilled. Like Jordan Butler, he's he's not a Kobe Brown yet, but he is also not a guy who's going to be tethered to the restricted arc either. So, um, you know, it's it's something to something to monitor, but. Um, you know, I think we're at the point now where it's one of three things with Mizzou in their big man pursuit that, you know, either Dennis Gates is content with his big man roster as it stands, which I tend to think is not the case since they pursued Jimmy Butler, who also did not seemingly fit. I'm sorry, Jimmy Butler. I would love to have Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Bell, (laughs) um, you know, and then option two was you know, a, a misguided or perhaps legitimate belief that Kobe Brown might return and or that his um, funding in NIL was being tied up until they knew what he was going to do. Or option three, they're waiting for someone to enter the portal, which sent me on this fun little side venture today that uh, was not entirely fruitful, but, uh, you know, slightly entertaining to see if nothing else, what uh, what type of guys have thrown their name into the NBA ring, which, <laughs> you know, there are some very, very good basketball players on that list, and there are some guys who are not starting at D1 programs on that list. So, yeah. Uh, well, and, and so I think, like, basically what we're looking at over the next week is who is going to withdraw. Um, you know, the... If guys aren't already in the portal, they have to be a grad transfer. If you're a grad transfer, you can enter the portal. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if, you know, a a guy who Missouri likes. I, like, I'm skeptical that they're engaging in contact with any of the existing guys in the transfer portal. To me, it seems like I mean, maybe they're going to go after Connor Connor Vanover. Uh, like uh, that would shock me. Um, I think, you know, like I would be fine if they went after a guy like Dandridge because I think what you do when uh, when you pursue a guy like Bell is is you're saying, okay, like I can put together a composite of the things that we need, and one of the things that we need is that this, you know, two or three things that he can provide, and so we're just, you know, we'll have to rotate. Uh, to get all the things that we need. Um, you know, so like I'd be fine with Dandridge, I'd be fine with Diallo. Um, I mean, if if they want to bring in Davian Bradford, like, uh, you know, he's going to need a waiver. Um, you know, maybe coming back home, you could get one, uh, cl- you know, closer to family than Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Um, you know, but outside of that, I really think we're waiting to see uh, if more guys who can, you know, be a grad transfer enter the portal and withdraw from the draft. So. And I'll also, (laughs) I was just going to say, I will also add that other players that are not in the NBA process right now can also enter as grad transfers. It's just, that's a huge swath of players that have no reason to be waiting to enter as grad transfers. So it would, you know, why, why are they still sitting there at their own teams? 
waiting for the NBA draft deadline or whatever to come along and haven't already entered the portal. It doesn't make as much sense. So that, that was kind of my reasoning um, for limiting it to this group of players. Um, you know, I and everything. I think it's, it's <laughs> sound and valid. Uh, <laughs> it is logical, which, uh, you know, we, we try to be logical uh, with all this stuff. Um, so I don't know. Hopefully by the next time uh, you come back on the pod, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll know who that person is going to be. Uh, you know, next week it is, uh, we got Memorial day coming up, uh, and then a short period of time and you guys have to make decisions. So the next, like the next week is going to be a lot of guys withdrawn. Maybe one of those guys is the guy that, you know, Missouri has been waiting on. Um, probably not going to be Kobe Brown, but you know, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens. So we will, uh, we'll get back together. Well, maybe not with, with you. We'll, we'll give you a couple weeks to, to chill out. Um, but I'll talk with the other Matt and we'll see, see what comes out within the next week. Uh, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Nope. Give me a couple weeks and I'll work on that name that I've been trying to pronounce this entire, uh, entire episode and I'll, I'll come back in two weeks and be better at it. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, and I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe he'll be a Missouri Tiger and then we'll get to work our way through the next year of, of pronouncing. Um, it is, it is, it is a challenging uh, name, but I'm sure once you get used to it, it's like a lot of things. Like once you get used to right. something, you it, it becomes second nature. And it doesn't uh, that I've never heard the name pronounced on television before. Right. Yeah. I don't watch a lot of Memphis games. And I was not checking out UT Arlington before that. Um, yeah, like a lot of them you can kind of figure out, but I know how to say Babatunde Akingbola. <laughs> and welcome Breitenbach. <laughs> well, that's, that's my boy though. Uh, well, anyway, with all that being said, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, if you liked this whole thing that we do here, make sure that you uh, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, uh, and and it helps spread the word of the Rock M Radio network of podcasts. Um, if you are listening to this through your regular podcast feed, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store, we're on Spotify. Uh, I'm sure there are others uh, that we're on. Um, but make sure you're subscribed there. Please uh, feel free to leave a comment. Um, we do read them uh, even when they're they're not nice. Uh, and if you're subscribed, then you also get before the box score. Those guys were just here last week. They'll be back in a couple weeks. Uh, and Nate and DK know everything there is to know about Mizzou football. Um, you can follow Matt at Data Mizzou. You can follow me uh, at Sam T. Snelling. Uh, and and Matt Harris, who is always a wealth of knowledge on Twitter, uh, at Matt J Harris eighty five. Uh, so we'll be back next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. 